Thank you, Andrew and Stephanie. It's always great having you back and hearing you sing and minister among us. I have to tell you, when I went to bed last night, uh, I was trying to condition myself to whatever I might wake up to weather-wise, and I was trying to prepare myself mentally that I might be preaching this sermon to three people, and anything above three would be bonus. So, uh, you know, it's all relative. So I feel like Billy Graham, as thousands come, you know, uh, so it is good to have you here. During this Advent celebration, we have been uh, keying off of the theme, let's celebrate Jesus. We, we want to take back the celebration of Jesus rather than complain about how the holiday has been, become secularized to fill it full of witness and meaning in our own lives. And this morning, I conclude that series, let's celebrate Jesus and sing like we mean it. Uh, the, the text is none other than the as far as I'm concerned, the the very favorite text of uh, the Christmas story, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and uh, I'm going to read verses 8 through 16. Before I do, as you find your uh, place in Scripture, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 8 and following, I'd like for us to pause just a moment and to thank God for His presence and work among us and to invite God to do a, a special work in our lives this morning and between now and Christmas and all of the busyness. So let's just be quiet in his presence, do some centering, some focus, and uh, after a time of silent meditation, I'll lead us in prayer. Mighty God, we are so very thankful for the mystery of the Incarnation, that you, God, have become flesh. We thank you for a love that never stopped, that never gave up on us, a love that keeps coming, a love that would spend all by dying on the cross and a love that would conquer all by resurrection. We pray, God, that you will help us in our struggle to make Christmas real, to allow Jesus to truly be Lord of all of our reactions and responses, our priorities, our choices, our words, our attitudes, our servanthood. May people see Jesus Christ in us. Would you bless This church is witnessed today through worship and service and Christmas Eve in the service. Would you fill the place with your Holy Spirit that the message of Jesus might become real to people who need to know you? And we ask God that you touch your world with your grace today. We know there needs to be peace on the earth. Our own nation, the world, needs your touch those serving in the military, that they might know your nearness and the family members who are separated from them. And for all the missionaries who are serving over the earth and separated from loved ones as well. And and dear God, that you might bless our own community for the homeless and the hungry and the lonely and the sick and the discouraged and the grieving. Pour out your Spirit upon us. And in this place, may we be open and sensitive to hear your voice. May you Move and work among us. We wait with anticipation, thanking you in advance for all that you will accomplish through Christ our Lord. 
Amen. I want to read Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. I invite you to stand if you're able. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. For they went, so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. God's good news for us. May he bless it to our hearts. You may be seated. Well, I have to tell you that I absolutely love Christmas music. I can't get enough of it. Uh, I would actually listen to it all year long. And I reached a decision this year that if they can start advertising Christmas commercials before Halloween, then I should be able to start listening to Christmas music that early too. Because I love it. Uh, And it's interesting to me, it's probably true for you as well, that Christmas music has a way of being the thread that sort of weaves together and binds together a lot of memories that I have of Christmas that are really special to me. For example, uh, there is that song, Mary's Little Boy Child, uh, that every time I hear it, it takes me back to a time when I was a boy on the farm, about 13 or 14 years of age, and my, my family didn't have a lot of Christmas uh, music, uh, but we had few of those uh, vinyl LPs, you know, we'll have to explain to some of the younger generation what that is, but, uh, and there was this song, uh, Mary's Little Boy Child, and we listened to it over and over and over again. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. And that phrase just plays over and over again in my head. And every time I hear that song, it takes me back to our farmhouse and uh, the warmth of that Christmas Eve listening to that song and the others on that album. Uh, Another song is A Sweet Little Jesus Boy. Uh, There was, uh, in the church I pastored one time, a retired pastor. And uh, He and his wife joined our church after his retirement, and every year during Advent, it was her tradition, their tradition, that she sang in the church the solo, Sweet Little Jesus Boy, and she sang it magnificently, a sweet and precious meditation. And every time I hear that song, I think of that couple, and in fact, I sent her a Christmas card uh, this season and told her how much that song meant to me and how I thought of her every time I heard that song. She's alone now. Her husband went to be with the Lord several years ago. And, and on and on we could go, and you probably could too. But there's something about music. There's something about music that's powerful. There's something about music that taps our emotions very deeply. And there's, there's something about music that expresses the inexpressible. And so we need to explore that this morning because we've been thinking about 
celebrating Jesus, and you can't talk about celebrating Jesus without, without thinking about Christmas music. So what is it? What's the mystique? What's the hold of music in general? But particularly in the Advent season, what's the hold, the power of music that we need to think about and reflect on? And here's the first thing I would say. I would say that the power of music is that it's for everyone. It unites us. Have you ever thought about that? You don't have to be rich to enjoy Christmas music. You certainly don't have to be a musician to enjoy Christmas music. You don't have to be of a certain social status to enjoy Christmas music. You don't have to be in good health. You don't have to have had a a life that's a a stellar representative in the community. You can be down and out. You can be discouraged. Christmas music is for everyone, and it it is sort of a, a democratic experience that everyone can share together, and truly Christmas music makes us one. Now, there is a beautiful example of that in our scripture this morning, but we've heard it so many times, I'm not sure we even think about its powerful witness to how music is democratic, makes us one, and unites us, and how it's for everyone. And it's simply the story of the shepherds. The shepherds were of a low social status. They were not big wheels in the community. Uh, They were, in fact, not very popular among a lot of people, and there are several reasons for that. The shepherds let their sheep graze wherever, and sometimes their sheep would graze on public land, and sometimes their sheep would graze on other people's land, and they would chew it down to chew the grass down to a nub. And then shepherds lived outside, either in tents or they lived uh, just outside, and that means they didn't bathe very often, and that that means they didn't smell very good, and that means they weren't very popular around people. And so, God brings this message of the arrival of his son, and he brings it to the people who are the lowest on the rungs of the social and economic ladder. Now, what's going on there? Think about that. That's pretty amazing. That the angel comes first, just one angel, announces the good news, the birth of God's Son, Messiah. And then, in antiphonal response, this incredible worship experience where the music then just blasts from heaven an army of angels singing glory to God in the highest. And God's message comes first to the low class. God's music was for everyone. God's music united all classes of people. Now, I've watched you over the years. When there's a birth of a new baby in your family, whether it's your baby or a grandbaby or a great-grandbaby, you put it on Facebook, you show me pictures at the door, you talk about it in your Bible teaching class, that's your right, that's your privilege. But I'm just reminding us that when we have good news about a baby, we always share that good news with people who are important to us, people we love, people who matter. Think about it. God shared the news, the birth of his son. God shared the music with the people he loved, with the people who matter to him, all social strata, everyone. And I would just remind you, if you're here this morning wandering, 
searching, maybe struggling spiritually. Maybe you don't feel like you fit in. Maybe you don't feel like you're a churchy person or you're a First Baptist kind of person. I just want you to know that the Christmas music is for you too. That the story of Jesus and the message of Jesus is for you. You don't have to be a certain kind of person. It's for everybody. Now, there's a second thing as we explore the mystique of music. And that is, uh, music helps us during the Advent season, helps us at Christmas time because it assists us in worship. I've already alluded to the fact, the phenomenal worship experience that this was as the one angel gives the message and then there is this incredible response with an army of angels filling the heavens with the beautiful music. What an, what an amazing worship. I, I want to show you this quote by Carolyn Winfrey Gillette. Singing, she says, is a language that God has given us to express our deepest longings, greatest joys, and most profound trust in the one who created us and loves us unconditionally. I, I want to leave that up for just a second to let you Ponder that and let that soak in. Singing is a language that God has given us to express our deepest longings, our our greatest, deepest joys, our most profound trust in the God who's loved us without conditions, with an anyhow kind of love. That's an amazing love. And And you sense that Luke is struggling to find language to describe this worship experience. In verse 9, he uses the word glory. The angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And then he uses the word glory again in verse 14, as the, as the chorus sings out, glory to God in the highest heaven. The word glory, by the way, you know what the word is in Greek? Doxa. D-O-X-A, as in doxology. Doxology. Doxa. And the word means... A radiating, brilliant splendor. A radiating, brilliant splendor. Luke says, I've run out of words trying to tell you what this worship experience was like when the Messiah was announced. It it was a radiating, piercing, brilliant splendor. Worship expresses our deepest hearts, And it reveals what we believe the most. And and it just comes out in a beautiful way. I was uh, praying with a group of pastor friends this Advent season. And as we were praying, one of my pastor friends prayed, Lord, during this Advent, help us to believe what we sing. I thought, that's a pretty good prayer. Help us to believe what we sing. Do you believe what you sing? See, sometimes worship can help us live what we ought to practice. Worship can help us step into faith. Worship can give us courage to believe and live what we sing. After all, remember, the announcement to the, to the shepherds was, Don't be afraid. God wants us through music to be able to step into our faith, through worship to be able to step into it and to garner the courage to believe what we sing and what we say and 
what we're experiencing. You know, uh, George Friedrich Handel was, uh, as a boy, encouraged by his father to be a lawyer. His dad did not want him to be a musician. There's a picture of uh, Handel. Don't you think all musicians should wear their hair like that today, too? Don't you? Don't you think every associate pastor of worship ought to wear his hair that way? I think there's something stately and commanding about that. Oh, well. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, Handel was told by his father that uh, he, uh, he, was to be, uh, he was to be a lawyer, but, but after Handel's dad would go to bed at night, George Friedrich Handel would sneak upstairs to the attic as a boy, and he would practice his musical instruments because he, uh, he loved music. Well, obviously, he became a musician. When he was in his 50s, he was asked to um, uh, prepare music for a benefit in Dublin, Ireland. And it is told that he prepared 50 pieces for Messiah in 25 days at a manic pace of composition, prepared 50 pieces in 25 days, and when he was done, he told someone, I think God has visited me. Yes, George, I think God visited you. It's amazing. You know, my two favorite times in our Christmas Eve Lord's Supper service coming up this Tuesday night, day after tomorrow. My two favorite times, the beginning and the end. At the beginning, when the introduction to that Hallelujah Chorus begins, and there is this whoosh when everybody stands up in honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can hear it. Sometimes I'm in the baptistry. Uh, It's right after baptism, and I can hear this whoosh of people standing up to honor God in celebration of the Savior's birth. My other favorite moment is at the end of the service, which is a different, it's, it's more subdued and quiet. It's when we hold our candles, our lit candles, and we sing very reflectively Silent Night to conclude the service. I never want that moment to end. If I had my way, we'd still be standing there holding the candles Christmas morning with our tips of our fingers burning because it's a precious moment. It's a powerful moment. Worship. It's an incredible experience. So music is for everyone. It, It unites us. It assists us in worship. But here's the third piece. Worship is our evangelism. Music is our evangelism. Singing and worship during the holy season is our evangelism. It's our message. It's our sharing. It's our faith. I uh, recently finished reading a book by uh, Nana Bannister uh, about her life uh, in Nazi imprisonment and then Uh, what it was like living under Stalin's uh, oppressive regime in the USSR. She's from Ukraine, and at that time, Russia was consolidating all of the satellite nations, and and Russia was imposing its communistic rule on 
on, on that whole USSR under Stalin, and she tells about how uh, schools were told to teach that there is no God, and that uh, children were invited to snitch on their parents if their parents were practicing the Christian faith in the privacy of their homes, and that uh, searches were done and, and uh, inquisitions made to uh, see if any families were celebrating Christmas or Easter so that the government might ferret them out. And Nana Bannister shares that her family, which was Christian, uh, practiced and celebrated Christmas. She said they kept a small Christmas tree hid in their attic, and they would get it out. And as Christians, they would emphatically and dogmatically celebrate Christmas during the season. That was their witness. That was their testimony in a very, very dangerous and challenging situation. Now, we have all kinds of constitutional freedom to celebrate Jesus' birth. And I remind you that the way we celebrate Jesus' birth through music is our greatest witness. It's our greatest testimony. It's an opportunity to tell our story. It's the truth of Jesus bubbling out into our lives. And that's the power of it, the beauty of it. I want to, uh, on this very wintry day, I want to do something a little bit strange, and I want to take you to a different season, and I want you to think about the 4th of July. That'll warm you up, I guess, huh? I want you to think about a very hot 4th of July when we're gathered around uh, uh, this community or wherever we are to watch the fireworks uh, late in the evening on the 4th. It's hot, it's been a fun day, we're full of cotton candy, we're full of hot dogs, whatever, and we're waiting for the fireworks. And one of my favorite things about the fireworks is this sequential thing that happens. The timing of the igniting of those is so crucial because there'll be, there'll be this timing on the igniting so that there's not just one blast, but there's sort of a pop and a, and a whoosh and a, and a, and a bang. And, a, and there's this sequence that goes across the sky in very rhythmic ways of bright, beautiful colored lights and, and all kinds of noise, and it's sequential. It, it happens in a kind of rhythm. Well, I want you to think about that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, how in each time zone on the earth there is this singing and celebration of Jesus, first here and then a different time zone and then a different time zone, and there's this sequential time-released celebration of Jesus so that the message of Christ fills the heavens so that our voices join the voices of the angels and join the voices of all of those who've sung before us and all of those who will sing after us in different time zones. That's for, so for 24, 36, 48 hours, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, there is this incredible witness going on all across the earth, filling the heavens with the message of Jesus. That's our witness. That's our testimony. And heaven and nature sings, glory to God in the highest. Amen? Let's pray.